Welcome back to What the NFL Podcast. This is episode five we're on now. I'm your host, Marcus, and I'm joined by Tony and Caleb. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Marcus? It's going good. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Good to hear. Uh, let's hop right into it then, if you guys are ready. Uh, yes, we're gonna... I'm ready. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm good, too. Okay, uh, we're going to start with Thursday Night Football. Uh, the Browns beat the Steelers 21-7. There really weren't a lot of takeaways from this game other than Mason Rudolph really played pretty bad. He had four interceptions and just, you know, an underwhelming performance from Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I was very much expecting to see the Steelers handle the Browns here, but... Yeah, Mason Rudolph, four interceptions, then obviously James Conner getting hurt, Juju Smith-Schuster getting hurt. It was a tough game for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this just kind of shows how Kyle Rudolph really is not Kyle a Rudolph? Good... Mason Rudolph. He's not... Ma- sorry. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph's kind of probably show... not that good of a quarterback either. Yeah, Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback and the Steelers should go back to Duck Hodges because he was a little bit better, even though he's not a great quarterback either. I'd rather have him on the field than Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Even though we only saw Hodges for one week, he actually played pretty good for yeah. your first week in the NFL, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, and then also when Mason Rudolph was first, he was playing all right. Yeah. So... I I think they should also go with Duck Hodges, but I mean I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be way better. So. Yeah. Um, the really the biggest takeaway from this game, though, I think you guys will agree with this is uh, the last seven seconds of the game, when Miles Garrett just kind of snapped and ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet and then hit him with it. What were your guys' reactions to that? Uh, what do you think of that, Caleb? Well, first of all, I think we're probably the last podcast in the world to talk about this. Probably. But other than, you know, other than that, I think, I don't know, it's kind of a bummer for the Browns because they come out, they play hard, Baker Mayfield finally has a good game, and then Miles Garrett loses his mind a little bit, and suddenly what looked like a really good win against a, you know, division rival that the Browns haven't beat since 2014. Haven't beat in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. In Pittsburgh. What looks like a really good one against the Steelers turns into something that's not very fun at all. Yeah. And and like Baker said, it didn't feel like a win after the game when Baker was in his post-game interview. You know, he said that it just didn't feel like a win because of what happened at the end. So. Yeah, it was ridiculous. He deserves to be suspended for a year at least. That was... Like, I get emotions are high or whatever. Like, I understand that. Like, I've played football. Even just at high school level, you see fighting or whatever. But to hit somebody over the head with a helmet, that's just to another level, across a line that shouldn't be crossed, that could have seriously hurt him, even if he was fired up or whatever. There's no excuse. Yeah, I don't think there's any excuse for what happened either. It's, it's just a bad look for Miles Garrett. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he's been 
kind of reckless this year in general. Like, I mean, nothing to that extent before, but I mean, he's been fine for punching. He's been fine for late hits and roughing the passer penalties so far. So he's just been kind of reckless this year and out of control. And I didn't think that would happen, obviously, but it did. Yeah. And like you said, Tony, you said uh, Miles Garrett deserves to be suspended at least a year. For now, they said he's out until at least the end of the the season. But right now, it's an indefinite uh, suspension, although he is expected to appeal it um, to try to get a finite amount on how many games he'll actually miss. Is there? Do you guys have any guesses on how many games he'll end up missing? I'm not sure. I there's don't. Not, there's not a lot of precedent for this type no. of thing. So it's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think... It'll be interesting to see. I think at least this, the NFL coming out like the next day or whenever wasn't saying he's done for this season was the right call. Yeah. And I think then I, I, I'm surprised he's appealing it because I think it would have, I think it would have only ended up being this season. I guess we'll see now that if he wins this appeal and they end up giving him a set number, but I think it would have just ended up being this season and then they would have been able to, he would have been able to get back for next season, but now i guess we'll see yeah he could yeah. end up with a longer suspension than he probably would have but yeah only time will tell i guess the falcons beat the panthers 29 to 3 and the panthers have kind of fallen off a cliff after starting 4 and 0 with uh kyle allen as their starter they're now 1 and 3 and have really been playing a lot worse these past four weeks than they did the first four weeks with Kyle Allen. What uh, were your thoughts on that game, Tony? I think teams just decided they were just going to sell out to stop Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And when the run game's not there, we kind of see what Kyle Allen actually is. He's not, you know, what, you know, Tom Brady or whatever. He's probably closer to Mason Rudolph. So I think that's what we're seeing here. I think the Falcons have played very good. These last two games, obviously, their defense has been good. Desmond Trufant's been back, which has been pretty helpful for them. They're bet, probably their, uh, maybe their best defensive player. You can make an argument for a couple guys, I think, but he's definitely their best defensive back. So I think he's been helpful, and the Falcons have looked a lot better these last two weeks. So. Mm-hmm. They definitely have. And to your point of Kyle Allen looking a little more like Mason Rudolph, he had four interceptions this week, and in the past four weeks he's had nine interceptions after starting the season with zero interceptions through his first four games. So, yeah, you're definitely right that uh, when teams take away Christian McCaffrey, uh, Kyle Allen has made a lot more mistakes, and it's been shown with their record. Yeah, but you guys are talking away, talking about taking away Christian McCaffrey, but he still gets, in this game, five yards per carry. Mm-hmm. He gets 121 yards receiving, 70 yards rushing, so almost 200 yards on the day. So it's not like anybody, they really took him away. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, they made Kyle Allen do more than he's had to, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Is what, I meant, is what I was trying to say. They're right. making him work a little bit harder. Yeah, definitely. And to your point, Tony, of the Falcons' defense uh, really improving, through the first nine games this season, they had a total – of two interceptions, and obviously with four this week. Uh, we talked last week about how they improved their sack number, so they really have been uh, turning it up, and that defense has showed up the past two weeks for sure. Um, 
So we're going to move on to our next game. Uh, the Colts beat the Jags 33-13. to And this was Nick's, Nick Foles' return. Uh, how do you think he looked, Caleb? Did you watch that game? Uh, I didn't watch it, no, so I can't really say how Nick Foles looked. <laughs> what about uh, you, Tony? I, I, I watched a lot of it. Uh, he was fine. But, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Nick Foles has ever been amazing. I know he won the Super Bowl and all that, got a big contract, but I don't think he's ever been – I think he's above average, but I don't think he's amazing. I think he was in this game probably more average, but the Jaguars just don't have that great of a team around him. They're playing a team that's built up pretty well in the Colts, so I, yeah, they didn't really have a shot in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. With that being said – do you think they're going to stick with Nick Foles, or do you think there's still a chance that if that Gardner Minshew could see the playing field again before the season is over? I think they're going to stick with him, uh, at least for a little bit. I mean, he was injured. He's, it's his first game back, so it's not like you can expect him to be absolutely perfect. You know, mm-hmm. he threw two touchdowns, 296 yards, so it's not like it was – the worst day in the world he just has to get that chemistry with his targets back a little bit you yeah. know and i think so i think they're definitely going to stick with him for a little bit and if he keeps playing like this i don't see him going back to Minshew. but mm-hmm. who knows if his play declines, yeah. though i think unless he has a really bad game or a couple really bad games i think he'll probably stay the starter unless he were to get hurt or something like that but See, I don't think we'll see Minshew this year, but again, but um, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Um, on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, a player who has uh, quietly made a name for himself in this league is Yannick Ngakwe. And this week, he got his 34th sack of his career, which put him on the list for second most sacks in Jaguars history. And the important note is that this is only his fourth season, so he's kind of made a name for himself there in Jacksonville. How do you think, or what do you think of him, Caleb? Yeah, I think he's definitely been good. Uh, He's solid. Some of that might come from the other good players on the defensive line. Yeah. With, like, Clays Campbell. But he has been, he's been really good. And he's helping out that, he's always been helping out that defense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, second most sacks in Jaguars history. I think he's one of those guys where most of most people don't know who he is, casual fans, whatever. But, I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan, he's one of the guys that you know that's you know that nobody else really knows, that this guy doesn't get the respect he deserves, I guess. But mm-hmm. he's obviously been very good. So, And he's been playing well this season. The Jaguars, unfortunately, are mediocre. But... He's been pretty good, so hopefully he can keep it up, and he'll probably, if he continues, he'll probably get more and more recognition. Yeah. Um, on the Colts side, another player reached a milestone this week. Adam Vinatieri uh, now has the most field goal attempts in NFL history with 709 total field goal attempts, which is obviously a big milestone, and he's been a great kicker. But with that being said... He kind of seems like he's on the decline here and maybe on his way out of the NFL. What do you think about that, Caleb? Yeah, he's kind of had a rough year. He's been up and down 
all year. So uh, I think he, this will probably be his last year. But it's fun to have him around because he holds the record for most points scored as well, mm-hmm. which is really awesome for him. So, yeah, I'll be sad to see him go, but at the same time, it's I think it's about time for him to go too. I mean, I guess we'll see. I th- I think there's a good chance he retires. But these last few weeks, he has been a lot better. Obviously, four for four on the extra points, one for one in this on infield goals today or on Sunday. So, I mean, if he can get it together a little bit, I think there's still a chance he might play just because I don't think there's been a lot of super consistent kickers out there this year. And so I don't think it's just an Adam Vinatieri thing that he's struggled. So I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our next game, the Rams beat the Bears 17-7. to And going into the season, these were two teams who were both uh, exciting teams. And this season, they've both been underwhelming and haven't lived up to the hype uh, that they were before the season. What were your thoughts on this game, Tony? Todd Gurley looked pretty good again. Yeah. That was ex- it was uh, good to see him running like he did last year. He got 28 touches and goes for uh, over 130 yards. So he was good. And, I mean, the Rams' offense still wasn't super great. Only put up 17 points, obviously. Jared Goff only threw the ball 18 times. Mm-hmm. But they didn't need that much to get the win, so... Yeah, and part of that is just because of how bad the Bears' offense is playing. And, you know, you don't have to put up a bunch of points if the other team doesn't put up a bunch of points. Yeah, I think this game speaks more to the Bears than does the Rams at this point mm-hmm. because the Bears have really, really been struggling this year. The defense has been good. You know, definitely one of the better defenses in the league, but not playing at that same level as last year. And so with that, they have to score more points. But they can't score points because their offense is terrible. And they're just not going to win a lot of games. I mean, you talk back to kicking. Eddie Pinheiro misses two field goals that if he makes one, it's a one-score game. So mm-hmm. the Bears' offense has struggled. Their kicking game still struggling a little bit. Mitchell Trubisky obviously got benched in this game. Matt Nagy says for a hip injury, but... Who really knows? I don't think Matt Nagy's been putting him in a very good position to succeed. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's been very good at all. So the Bears have definitely been disappointing, especially from last year when they were, had such a great defense and their offense was good, pretty good, good enough at least. So, yeah, this year it's been pretty disappointing for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and talking on the Bears' defense, uh, Khalil Mack was out this week. And it showed. Uh, it looks like the defense really missed him. On Jared Goff's 18 pass attempts, he was only pressured one time and no sacks. And so that defensive line really uh, wasn't able to get their job done. And they gave Jared Goff time to get the ball out. Yeah, they uh, weren't good enough. Um, like, I mean, he only had 18 pass attempts, so I think it's hard to especially when they're getting gouged in the run game the whole time. I think it's hard to then transition to go from we're trying to stop the run to, oh, they're passing now, now we have to pass rush. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped too. But, yeah, still, what was it, one time on his 18 attempts? Yeah. Yeah, that's just not good enough. Yeah, that's a pretty bad pressure rate. Yeah. 
Uh, let's move on to our next game then. The Cardinals lost 36-26 to to the 49ers, but the Cardinals continue to show improvement offensively, and Kyler Murray continues to show that he's uh, growing into an NFL quarterback. What were your thoughts on this game, Caleb? Uh, my first thought is with Kyler Murray. Um, a lot of people question the move to take him number one overall, especially after taking Rosen last year because we saw Rosen struggle so much with such a bad team around him, and then to take another quarterback and expect the team to improve, people were a little skeptical. But Kyler Murray has really elevated that team to another level, and I think it just goes to show that the good quarterbacks can make bad teams better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this game was closer than 10 points. The 49ers scored on the last play of the game on a fumble return for a touchdown or, or whatever but um so i mean it was a close game the whole game and the cardinals had a chance to win it and i think like you guys said it shows how good this team has become with cliff kingsbury and kyler murray i think obviously they struggled a little bit but then kind of flipped a switch and they're at least competing in all of these games so it's this div- division is pretty exciting you with the Rams Cardinals 49ers and Seahawks all have solid teams obviously the Rams are trending down a little bit this year but Mm -hmm. still yeah and if you guys remember last week we talked a little about uh Jimmy Garoppolo and how he struggled in the second half of the Seahawks game because he lost his weapons and kind of showed this week uh that he doesn't need his weapons uh to be superior this week he passed for 408 yards and only 33 of those yards went to Emmanuel Sanders and another note is that 408 pass yards was the most of a 49ers quarterback since week 13 of the 1999 season which was Steve Young so he really had a good performance uh against the Cardinals and yeah yeah it looked good I yeah. have two interceptions still but that's yeah when they're throwing it, they threw it 45 times. So mm-hmm. you'd think there'd be one or two in there. So, I mean, he's not Russell Wilson. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, they definitely put the ball in the air a lot more and he looked good. So it was, I think it was probably pretty encouraging to see him get back to playing at a fairly high level, especially last week when he looked kind of shaky throughout the game. He So he looked good for yeah. four touchdowns. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. All right, uh, our next game, Monday Night Football. The Chiefs beat the Chargers 24-7 to in Mexico, and the Chargers have now lost seven times, and all seven of those losses have been by seven or fewer points. So it's kind of been a little disappointing for the Chargers so far this season. Yeah, yep. I mean, I don't. Philip Rivers just hasn't been – nearly as good as he was last year or, I mean, almost any time in his career. And it's really hurt them. Obviously, you had Melvin Gordon uh, missing games then when he came back, getting off to a slow start because, I mean, he just wasn't in football shape. And now he's finally getting going, but, I mean, it's kind of too little too late. So uh, it's definitely disappointing for the Chargers. And, I mean, hopefully they can figure out something here to keep being competitive, but... I don't think they've been good enough this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of think that a lot of this has, it comes down to Philip Rivers. He just 
hasn't looked good the last couple weeks, and he's been throwing a lot of interceptions, been inaccurate with his ball. So I think a lot, like I, yeah, I think a lot of the Chargers' struggles kind of come down to him because if you can't count on your quarterback, then you're not going to be able to uh, make a big enough difference, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and Philip Rivers was the third quarterback this week who had four interceptions. <laughs> so that a lot of interceptions is a lot of interceptions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've seen it a couple times now this year that going down on game tying or game winning drives and he throws an interception. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I'm not a Chargers fan, but that's kind of frustrating to watch. So yeah, that was really disappointing on that last play. Yeah, it was. Um, However, Harrison Bucker in warm-ups was hitting 70 yarders. They were in Mexico for this game, obviously. Yeah. I was disappointed that they didn't let him go out and attempt one when they had a couple drives (laughs) end end there where he could have potentially kicked from 70 yards. I know, where it's so much easier to kick long distance I think when you're down in Mexico City, you just got to go for that record. You know, get a 65, 66-yarder in there. I think I think they would have done it, would have tried it, if it wasn't such a close game. Because when you're up by seven, you're like, we can try this, and then field goal. And if you miss, you, they get it on, like, the 50-yard line. Right, and yeah. Them. But I was disappointed for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all the games we're going to talk about this week. Um, so we're going to move on to some of the storylines. Uh, the first storyline I know Tony isn't too happy about, and that is <laughs> the fact that uh, Lamar Jackson has surpassed Russell Wilson, and he's now the new favorite to win MVP because of his outstanding performance again this week. What were your thoughts on that, Tony? I'm not necessarily unhappy. I just disagree. <laughs> uh, obviously, he's he's now the Las Vegas favorite. Yeah. So I think... Uh, I, I'm really biased. I'm very biased. But I think Russell Wilson's more valuable to the Seahawks. If you look at their stats, it's almost identical. Russell Wilson has, like, one more total touchdown. Lamar Jackson has, like, 30 more total yards and one more turnover. So, I mean, they're, like, they're right there together. I think Russell Wilson's more valuable to the Seahawks. I think if you take him away, I don't think the Seahawks win more than three games. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you take Lamar Jackson away, I the Ravens team's not nearly as good either. So they're both great. I think it's definitely a two-man race at this point. I mean, Deshaun Watson, after this week, they played the Ravens, obviously, and got blown out. It was, what, 41-7? to mm-hmm. I think he's kind of out of it. I think Christian McCaffrey's had a great year, but I I don't think he's really in, it, in the race anymore either. Yeah, that's the thing about MVP awards is that it's really a narrative award. Yeah. So it's just whoever has the most traction at the time they vote, basically. Mm-hmm. So where Russell Wilson didn't play this week, Lamar did. I think Lamar gets mm-hmm. a little bit more of that traction and so becomes a favorite. But I really don't think that Lamar's a favorite by very much if he is no. a, if he is the actual favorite. I mean, just it's just because Russell Wilson had to buy this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but it should be a pretty close race to the end, as long as they both keep playing the way they have, that is. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely will be a close race, I think, if yeah. things keep going the way they are. Yeah, and then more, a little bit more bias from me. But uh, I think with the the Seahawks have played in so many more close games, 
I think you kind of see Russell Wilson willing the Seahawks to get these wins, whereas Lamar Jackson, they've been able to coast a little bit. But then so, on the I flip th- I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah, go for it. it. No, go for it. I was just going to say on the flip side of that argument, you could say that Lamar Jackson has been dominating teams, and so he's exactly. a better in that situ- in that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I like I said, I really don't think there's a clear front runner right now. Yeah, no, definitely not. They're, I mean, even looking at the stats, they're right. They're both right there. Obviously, both teams eight and two. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how it shapes up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, now we're kind of into the final stretch of the season, and that means that the playoff picture is starting to fill out a little bit. Um, you both have that playoff picture from this week in front of you guys. So I just want to know like your guys' opinion on where it is right now and where you think it'll be at the end of the season. Starting with the NFC, Caleb, what are your thoughts there? I actually think this looks pretty accurate to how things are going to shake out. Because we, we have the division winners as the 49ers, the Packers, the Saints, the Cowboys, and then the wild card as the Seahawks and the Vikings. The biggest change, I think, would be flip-flopping the 49ers and the Seahawks, maybe, if the Seahawks yeah. can pull out the division. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really see any big changes. Yeah, I mean, I think I guess we'll have to see how the 49ers play in this. They have a tough stretch coming up with the Packers, the Saints, and the Ravens. But I think that the first seed and the fifth seed could come down to week 17 or yeah. fifth and second, something like that. A first round buy in the fifth seed yep. could come down to week 17 in that game, which would be pretty fun. But yeah, I agree. I think it looks, I think there's a pretty big gap between the wild card teams and the teams that are in the hunt with oh, the yeah. Rams at six and four. And then you have the Vikings at eight and three and the Seahawks at eight and two. Yeah. Yep. So I think without any drastic changes, it'll pretty much stay pretty similar here. No, yeah, yeah I, d- I definitely agree that unless one of those teams in the hunt runs the table, that this is pretty much the playoff picture for the NFC with the those six teams that we've talked about. Yeah, I think the only changes you could see is, like we said, the Seahawks and the 49ers flipping, and then the yeah. Eagles could potentially still win their division with the Cowboys at 6-4, and four, the Eagles at 5-5. Five and five. Right, but I still think the Cowboys are a little bit better than their record at this point. I agree with that. Yeah. Um... So let's go over to the AFC side, starting with Tony. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this one's a little more interesting. I because I mean you have the wild card teams at seven and three, six and four, um, the Colts and the Texans at six and four in that AFC South division, the Raiders at six and four, and the Chiefs at seven and four. I think this race is going to be a lot tighter, and so it makes it a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the NFC or AFC South is basically wide open at this point too. I yeah. could even see the yep. Jags sneaking in for the division title there. Mm-hmm. So any of those three teams could take it. The Bills, I don't see them. Well, they could make the playoffs. I don't say they're not going to, but if a team in this in this list is not going to make the playoffs, it's going to be the Bills. I think. Yeah. Yeah, a team currently in. You mean? Yep. That, yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think the Bills' defense has been very good, but Josh Allen isn't winning them any games. He's probably losing them games. But they've had a fairly easier schedule, and they've played pretty good. So 
We'll see, but I definitely agree. They could, if there was a team that was going to be knocked out, I think it's the Bills. Yep. Yeah. And then who I would put in their place would be the Raiders, who I think are better than the record as well. I think that they're playing really good football, and they're kind of just going to sneak in there and maybe be a little troublesome in that fifth or sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah, I which I'm excited by. I. So I did not think – I still don't think John Gruden's worth his contract. But, I mean, if in his second year he takes them and gets them into the playoffs, it's very promising. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay, well, there's the playoff picture. We'll follow it a little bit more as we get further into the season and get closer to the playoffs. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about today uh, was the Kyle and Kaepernick workout, which happened on Saturday – um, 25 teams were scheduled to attend, and then an hour before it started, Colin Kaepernick moved it, uh, which might have uh, screwed over his chances of getting to the NFL because instead of 25 teams, only eight teams showed up. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Caleb? Um, we talked about this last week, where if Colin Kaepernick was good enough to be on a team, he'd be on a team by now. Mm-hmm. And I still agree with that. I don't think this workout is going to change anything. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Tony. Um, I think that since eight teams went and to the other workout, I think those are eight teams that are really interested. I think that it would have he moved it because they wanted media transparency or whatever. Yeah. Because the NFL didn't want to have media, which there could be a number of reasons the NFL didn't want that. You know, like what if. Colin Kaepernick looked really bad or they maybe didn't want to have the teams known that we're talking to him or something like that. But so that's why they moved it. I was a little disappointed that he switched it up just cause now you can say, Oh, he doesn't really want a shot. Cause if he would have, he would have just done this NFL, you know, done the NFL workout they put on for him. Yeah. So I would like to see him get signed. I would, I hope it happens. I don't, I would bet against it, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week on What the NFL Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to follow us and rate us five stars and leave a review. And also, uh, we mentioned it last week, but our new podcast, the NFL History Podcast, is now officially out. So if you haven't given that a listen, go ahead and uh, go over to there and listen to that as well. And we'll be back next week. Bye for now.